Well, good morning, New Life Midtown. If I could ask you guys to kind of find your way to your seats. Well, not kind of. If you could find your way to your seats, that would be excellent. All right. So today, I have the honor of doing the most fun part of service, which is the announcements. Woo-woo! Thank you. Thank you. So actually, I have a lot of announcements today, so bear with me. Number one, we had our Midtown Madness basketball tournament yesterday. It was awesome. It was so fun that it's worth being as sore as we all feel right now. (laughs) Also, number two, our fall engagement trips applications are going to be opening online April 1st through 30th. So if you have a heart for missions and you want to get involved, those trips will be open. Jump online. You will find these cards at the Welcome Center with more details if you are interested. Also, water baptisms are coming up April 26th. If you guys have been with us for any length of time, you'll know that Baptism Day is like a party. It is the best Sunday. You don't want to miss it. And we're going to be dunking you in the ocean, which I just saw that graphic and it made me laugh. Also, being a part of New Life Midtown is so wonderful because we don't just stand alone, right? We're a part of a larger body here in the city. And part of that, being a part of that body, is that we get to join with our brothers and sisters for special occasions. So we will be joining New Life downtown at Palmer High School for a Good Friday service. I should know the date of Good Friday, but y'all, it's the one on your calendar that says Good Friday. (laughs) The 15th. Thank you so much. So it's on the 15th. I hope you join us. It's going to be a beautiful time. And then lastly, Kindred Encounter Weekend is coming up May 13th through 14th. And ladies that haven't registered yet, I would implore you to try to make it because Not only will you meet people and go deeper in relationships with so many amazing women here, I really truly believe that the Lord has something so deep and so special to impart to us while we're there. This event has been covered in so much prayer. And guys, it's also so much fun. Like we we used to be a little hesitant about women's events. Like, is this really going to be a good time? And it is. It is so fun. I hope you guys can make it. You can register online, midtown.newlifechurch.com dot org forward slash events or you can go out into the foyer after service and Sarah Kinnearum our women's ministry director will be out there ready to answer questions help you sign up she's super cool go talk to her and now I have the delightful honor of introducing our speaker for today so John Smith nobody wears come on I know guys nobody wears a cowboy hat like Sajron Smith am I right he's gonna bring the word for you it's gonna be a blast Hey man, is this thing on? Yeah, yeah I click it on. There we go. Can y'all hear me? Yeah. Oh, bless the Lord. Oh, Whoo, we had a time this morning. Oh my goodness. I'm full, y'all. I'm just going to let you know I'm full. Amen. Amen. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. I see some of y'all out there frowning at me. Now I got to give y'all what's going on, all right? Here we go. You frown at me, I'm going to come talk to you only. (laughs) So make sure you raise your eyebrows because it makes your face smile. Jonathan talked about it. If you got to go to the restroom and just smile real big so it'll trigger something on the inside of you, go now. (laughs) Go smile because when you smile, what it does is it sends a signal to your body saying it's all going to be well. All is well. When you frown, which it takes more muscles to frown than to smile, it says, man, it's going to be bad. (laughs) You're going to have a spirit of Eeyore come over you. Woe is me. And we shouldn't have that. Amen. Not in the house of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Well, good morning. Good morning. Everybody look bright now. I see it. All right. That's it. You're raising your eyebrows. See how my face just smiled? Just raise those eyebrows. Well, my name is Sadron, for those of you who don't know me and we serve in this particular ministry for, uh, ministry for the last 11 years. Can you believe it, babe? 11 years. We serve as your life group or your table group leaders here. And uh, come talk to us. We love you. Amen. I'm married to that wonderful woman right there, Tamara Smith. And uh, I, I say it again, just like I said it this morning. I heard this phrase, and I'm going to take it for myself. It's so easy thinking about heaven when you're living at home with an angel. Woo! 
say that, huh? What? What you know, huh? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Hey, man, I can dream about heaven all the days long because, hey, I'm living at home with an angel. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Bless me. Amen. I don't know if she can say that, but I'm blessed. Amen. <laughs> amen. Amen. Last week we were out. Uh, we were uh, visiting her mother and father who lives in Kansas. Anybody from Kansas? All right. All right. So I can say something now. <laughs> if you haven't driven through western Kansas during a windstorm or a snowstorm, you haven't driven. There's some new life that you got to go get because I drove this drive and I'm telling you, it's nighttime. The snow is coming in. It's looking like we're in hyperdrive in Star Wars. I mean, that snow is just coming through, right? And I'm driving. I'm, I mean, you know, I'm white knuckle, but I'm cool with it. But, you know, my knuckles, they won't turn white, but I'm cool with it, right? And Tamara, she's driving too, but she's on the other side. She, she's white knuckling it too, right? <laughs> She's driving. I mean, she's pressing brakes that ain't even there. Wait a minute. You know, slow down. Speed up. What you want me to do, you know? And she's driving. And I mean, I mean, we get through that after three hours of going through that and everything. You know, tractor trailer, splash of water on the windshield. And, you know, your windshield wipers don't work fast enough to get that water off of there. So we had a few hairy times. And Tamara, she, ooh, and I. And I'm like, I got this, you know? We got there safely. Tamara went to sleep, you know, after we got out of the... You know, the, the, the storm there. And then on the way back, I mean, the winds were blowing. I mean, it's a, little, it's a little something else when you see cars off in the ditch. They didn't slid off the road or track the trailers turned the opposite way because they couldn't get grip and stuff. And Tamara is driving. The first hour into it is good. That next hour, she's driving. I said, sweetheart, you want me to drive? She said, no, I got this. I was like, all right. You got this. She's driving. I mean, we're going through it, and I go to sleep. Yeah, I fell asleep. And, and, and uh, my children fell asleep, and she's getting through it. Every now and then, I open up her eye, wink at her, and say, you okay? Yeah, I'm okay. I say, all right. She got this, man. This is awesome. She got this. We got through it and everything. A couple of days later, she said, you know what? I was mad at you. I said, wait a minute. I had to rehearse in my mind, what you mad at? What did I do? Was it today, yesterday, a week ago, a year ago? What you mad at? You know what I'm saying? And she's mad. She said, she said I was mad because you fell asleep. I said, I fell asleep? In the drive? Yeah, you fell asleep. I was like, wait a minute. You said you didn't want me to drive. She said, yeah, you fell asleep, and I was mad. You was over there snoring, and the children were snoring, and I'm going through this thing, and I'm trying to drive through it. Cars turned upside down, and everything going on, and you fell asleep. I said, sweetheart, I asked you if you wanted me to drive. You said you had it, so I was pumping you up. Let's go. Let's do it. You got it. Aren't we like this sometimes? Jesus delivers us out of something. He gets us through it safe and sound. We're shaking, but he gets us through it. And then all of a sudden, you look at the weather report for the next situation coming up, and you're saying, Jesus, no, nah, I don't want you to drive. I got this. And you white-knuckling it the whole time trying to drive and get through it, and it makes you mad, frustrated, disillusioned, hard to get along with. You mad at people because they ain't helping you drive. You mad at me because I'm going to sleep. I believe in the prayers. I believe in Psalms 91, the canopy of our protection. It does not matter. You, see, you understand what I'm saying? I know y'all are here. I know you understand what I'm saying. We have to allow Jesus to lead and to drive us. We've been learning the last few weeks on the nature of God, his characteristics, his attributes, who he is. And today we're going to talk about Jesus being our teacher. See, there was a lesson in there. Let me drive. I can handle it. <laughs> no, I'm just messing, y'all. But we want to learn about Jesus today and who he is. A lot of times we come to church and we listen to the word, but we don't a lot of times apply it to our lives. Oh, that was a good word. Oh, man, that preacher spoke. He talked. He was. But how do you actually apply it to your lives? And hopefully through a couple of these stories we will talk about in the Bible, you will see how to apply it to your lives on Jesus being our teacher. He's our teacher. Amen. amen. I say he's our teacher. 
He's the one that instructs us. He leads us. He guides us. He gives us peace when there's no peace. He's our teacher. He teaches us every situation that he came into. He teaches us. The first thing we see about Jesus is that he's patient. That's the first thing we know about Jesus. He's patient. Jesus was from 12 to 30. The scriptures are a little silent in hearing about Jesus and what he's doing. But he's sitting and he's patient, waiting on his time to come forth and to give his life for us. He's waiting. He was also patient when he walked into that temple. Y'all remember? And they were selling and buying up in the temple. He was patient. Let me tell you why. How long does it take to make a whip? How long it take? <laughs> it take a little while, right? So he was making a whip. And the Bible says he had that whip and he was driving folks out of there. He's patient. <laughs> I, know, I, know it, I know it's less time for you to just turn some tables over right there. It's less time for you to go get some rocks and throw them. It's less time for you to go find a stick. He was patiently waiting. All I'm saying is Jesus is patient with us. And one of the things that I like about him is every time he comes up on a situation, he's watching and he's waiting to inject. He's waiting to teach us something. Let's go to Luke chapter 5. Are y'all getting something out of this? Y'all better be smiling. I'm telling you what. Because I I feel like coming down there and talking to somebody. Yeah, I'm going to come talk to you. Amen, amen. He's patiently waiting. Here we want to see how Jesus is responding to our situation. And, 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 And it was Simon. See, before Jesus came on the scene, Simon's mother in law was sick. And what happened was Jesus spoke the word over her and she got up and she started to serve them. Now, maybe this is why Simon was mad at him, but I don't know. But it says, so uh, chapter 5, verse 1, and incidentally, I'm reading from the new King James version of the Bible. I grew up King James. These, thou, those, and thusis. Nobody speaks in the Queen's English, but I understand that stuff now after... A whole bunch of years of sitting in there, you, it just kind of makes sense after a while. You know what I'm talking about. But I did, I did upgrade a little bit to the New King James. I know that we're an NIV house. Amen. It says, so it was, as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God, that he stood by the lake of Gennesaret, and he saw the two boats standing by the lake. But the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. They were washing the nets. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitude from the boat. And when he had stopped speaking, he just stopped speaking. He said to Simon, lunch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. Notice what's happening here. You have some fishermen, right? And in order for them to be fishermen, they are professional fishermen. And Jesus is walking, and the people are asking him, hey, we want to hear the word of God. We want to hear it. Will you speak it to us? And he sees some boats over here and fishermen cleaning their nets, all right? And he gets into one boat. It just happened to be Simon Peter's boat. And he says, hey, push out a little bit. I'm trying to get into the mind of Simon. I think he was upset. I think he was frustrated. You know why? He's cleaning his net at the end of a a shift. Anybody been there? You've been at the end of a shift and somebody asks you just for a little bit more? Like, man, dog, you know? What? You know, I I didn't work all night. And and don't, I know Peter, he, he got like a little toot. He got a little attitude sometimes, you know? You know, I can tell, I, I notice him. When you read and study him, you'll see he got a little attitude. Peter got a little attitude. He cutting folks' ears off. But anyway, he got a little attitude. But all I'm saying is I can get into his mind, and he's like, man, we just towed all night. You know, we've been fishing all night long. Are you serious? First of all, I'm cleaning my nets, man, and you get into my boat. You get into my boat, man. We, 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 we putting the anchor down. I got to lift the anchor up now. I got to. Pick up the net and, and go out a little bit just for you. Come on, teacher. He said, Master, will you? And Jesus is looking at him like, come on, man, just, just do what I say. Just do what I say. He gets into the boat. He pushes out, and he's probably mad. He was like, man, you hear my mother-in-law? 
He's probably mad about that. I don't know. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I don't know if he's mad about that. I don't know. But he had a little attitude, okay? He had a little attitude over there. <laughs> yeah, that's how I read. I'm sorry, y'all. Yeah, that's, that's how I read the Bible, you know. It comes alive to me. <laughs> it comes alive. But he had a little attitude, man, like, man. And then Jesus said, hey, let down your nets. Read it. Let's look at it really quick. Look at verse 4. It says, when he had stopped speaking, I believe that the Holy Spirit came upon him and said, hey, this is the time. This is the hour. That's for somebody. But when he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, lunch out into the deep and let down your nets with an S for a catch. Notice this. But Simon answered and said, master, we've taught all night. Master, we taught all night. Do we have to? What does that sound like? Some children. Do I have to clean my room? Yes. Do I have to wake up and cut the yard? Get out there now. <laughs> do I have to? He's whining. Master, do I have to? But he says, Master, come on, man. What do you know about fishing? What do you know about boats, man? We've been out here all night long. What do you know? Come on, I'm the fisherman. I'm the one that's in charge of this boat here. Go out there and teach them people. You know stuff about teaching, but you don't know anything about fishing. Come on. Who is this guy? Can y'all see the mind of Peter here? Because he did not obey what Jesus had said. See, what it is is Jesus was just a teacher. That's all. Reverend, pastor, come on, man. What do you know about my business? What do you know about what I do? I've been doing this for years. And we've been out here all night. I know the flow of fish. I know where they're going to be in the morning, where they're going to be in the evening. This is what I do. Are y'all seeing something here? Yeah. I'm going to cause y'all to read the scriptures a little differently. I'm going to tell you right now. This is what I do. But you know what? I'm going to do what you say. And I'm going to do it because all these people watching. Remember, he was teaching the multitudes and he just stopped speaking. The only reason I'm going to do it is because they watching. I don't want nobody to talk bad because they all respect you, right? Let me just do it. And then he did not follow the instructions. The instructions was... Cast out your nets. Notice what he did. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will cast out the net. Is that what we do when God gives us instruction? We have a little piece of what we know, and then we follow him halfway. He's our teacher. He's the one that teaches us, instructs us. So when he cast out that net, all of a sudden, he has this large catch. Fish. Or in the boat now. He signals over. He don't have text messages and phones where he can call and say, hey, man, come help us. They're like, hey, come help. Come help. We got so much fish over here. And his nets begin to break. The anointing is on the instructions. I'm going to just leave it right there. If he give you instructions, he's precise. Jesus is our teacher. He's not just giving us a good word, but he's giving us instructions on how to peruse through life. Amen? Amen. I remember when I got saved. I remember it was in 1995. It was a long time ago for some of us. It was just yesterday for me. I can remember it. And the preacher was preaching. And what he was talking about was the parable of the sower. And that word went down, and I'm going to tell you in just a moment how it went down and why it got down. But the thing is, we have to turn just his teaching from that just being a good word to something that I can come and I can write down and I can institute into my life. Because I've tried it by myself without him. Yeah, I'll, leave, I'll drive that car right in that ditch. I don't know what I'm doing. I think it, right? But he came, and he said, let down your nets. For a catch, and he said, Nevertheless, at your word, because all these people who are watching, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and the nets, the net was breaking. And he signaled to the other partners of the boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats, and they began to sink. Both boats beginning to sink. Imagine that. How many fish does it take to sink a boat? And now you got two boats sinking. Wow. Imagine this, though. You're in your work. The Lord gives you an idea, a plan. 
and you do it. And now you're able to help yourself and your partners. You got two boats sinking. How many fish is that? You talking about millionaire status, billionaire status. You got two boats sinking, man, a fish. That's a lot of fish to catch. Put them in business. Had some work to do there. Notice this. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees. Depart from me, for I am a sinful man. Notice what he says, O Lord. Now he received him, not just teacher, but now your Lord. Now I'm going to take your lordship. Now I'm going to take your leading and guiding. What is that verse of scripture that you guys read and that you studied from a young age? What is it? Psalms 23. The Lord is my shepherd. It speaks to him leading us and guiding us if he is Lord now, right? There's no Lord and there's no leading. If you're not going to follow him, he said, why do you call me Lord, Lord? Because Lord means to lead. That means he's first. That means he's everything under him is first, Everything under him is second, I mean. That means our ideas, our plans, our way that we used to fish on how we used to do things, they're second to him because he sees better. He knows better. It's all about him being Lord. Amen? Amen. And y'all smile at me now. I see y'all. Hey, I, I got somebody I'm going to come talk to now. I'm letting you know. I'm letting you know. And then notice what it says. For all who were with them were astonished at the catch of fish which they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Devadee, and the partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid, for now I will make you catchers of men. Wow. Don't be afraid when Jesus tells you something. Don't be afraid to move out because he's going to make you a catchers of men. The first thing is he is patient with us. The second thing is he's observant. Jesus sees what you're going through. He knew that they'd had those nets over there with no fish. See, we think that he's afar off and he's looking down from heaven on us, but he's right there in the boat with you. He's right there in your situation. He knew that they didn't have any fish. He was watching it. It's no wonder that he got into that boat. He wanted to do something special for them the same way he wants to do things for us. He's in your boat. He's in your boat. Will you listen to him? He's our teacher. He's our teacher. But he's also our servant. He also came that he was served. One thing I want to express is that a servant, right, makes the life of who they're serving better. Would you agree? Y'all quiet in this sanctified church. I tell you what. A servant makes the life of who they are serving better. See, I was telling you, when I was coming up, I remember my teachers, one teacher I remember in particular was my third grade teacher. Anybody remember that third grade teacher? Now, I've been through a lot of teachers, and I forgot a bunch of them because, you know, teacher's a teacher. When you have a good teacher, you remember who they are. Something inside of you stuck down. But there's three things that I remember this teacher by. Number one, she was pretty. <laughs> yeah, she was pretty. She was pretty. Yeah, she was pretty. <laughs> yeah, I still remember Miss Chimney. I sure do. Sorry, babe. Sorry, babe, but Miss Chimney was pretty, boy, I tell you. And, and she, but the, the second thing is, she saw right through my smoke screen. See, I was a class clown. Yeah, I'll make you laugh or I'll fight you. One of the two, we was going to disrupt the class so I didn't have to learn what they were teaching. You understand what I'm saying? I didn't have to learn that. She brought me up. She said, hey, you're going to stop that or you're going to be sitting next to me. Boy, I dosed it up a lot more. And she was like, come sit next to me. All right, look at where I am. I ain't afraid of being in this front of the class as long as I'm sitting next to you, Miss Chimney. You know? <laughs> Y'all laughing, man. Hey, hey. Come on now. But she says she saw straight through me. And one thing she did was she spoke into me. She said, look, I see through that. She said, I know you're better than the way that you're acting. She said, you can get this and you will get this. She was a teacher. She served me. By telling me who I was when I didn't even realize who I was. I'm talking about Jesus. He serves you by telling you who you are. You are the righteousness of God. You can do it. You will make it. You will get through. Peace I speak over you. 
Come on now. This is awesome. If I ain't preaching to you, I'm preaching to myself. I'm telling you what. She spoke life into me, and I'll never forget her for that. Because when you run across a teacher, they're always there to speak life. I'm not talking about somebody who just want a paycheck. I'm talking about a teacher. They spend their time. They're patient. They're observant. They're servants, right? I was going to say that they're tolerant. <laughs> but they're tangible. They're right there. Jesus was tangible. Just ask the woman with the issue of blood. He was right there for the touch. And she touched him. And when she touched him, she was made whole in her body because Jesus is tangible. Are y'all hearing something? We need him in our darkest hour. When we go into our prayer closets, he, he's touched with our emotions. He's touched with our tears. He's touched with our prayers. He's tangible. He's right there. He's in the boat when we don't have any fish, when we can't feed our families. He's in the boat, and he's talking to us. He's whispering to us. He's teaching, and he's like, man, Peter, are you getting this? Are you getting this, Peter? You're not getting it. Let me, let me show you how you can get it. Launch out into the deep for a catch. I bet you it come all the way around then. And that's what happened with him. He lunched out. He got the big thing because the teacher was there in the boat with him. Amen. Amen. Now, I said it this morning and, uh, about acronyms because I was in the military for 23 years, so I speak in acronyms. <laughs> All right, so y'all just got to catch it. If I miss it, ask me after service. We, uh, <laughs> we'll figure it out. <laughs> but they're patient with us. They're observant, right? They're servants. They're tangible. But Jesus is also unmovable and unshakable, amen? amen? He can be relied on. He can be trusted. Are y'all in here? Yes. Another thing I want to show you is in Mark chapter 5. We're going to stick with the fives real quick. Luke 5, now Mark 5. Talking about Jesus being our teacher. He used every situation to teach us. If you get in there and you look at it with the eyes of what can I learn from this? How can I institute this into my life? I guarantee you those scriptures will open up for you. But in Mark chapter 4, Jesus is talking about the parable of the sower. Like I said before, I remember when I first got saved, that preacher, he was preaching the gospel. And he was preaching about the parable of the sower. But he didn't talk about the heart. He talked about the listeners. He said that there are four type of listeners. There's the perverted, the polluted, the passive, and then there's the prepared. And when he said that, and I'm sitting in the back of the church. I mean, I'm in the back. I just snuck in from the club. I'm probably still smelling like something, you know. <laughs> and I'm sitting back there just to check off the box saying, Mom, thank you. Yes, I went to church, you know what I'm saying? And I go in there, and all of a sudden, man, he arrests my heart, and he says, Hey, which listener are you? Are you the passive listener, the one that goes in one ear and comes out the other? Ooh, that was a good word. Are you the polluted listener, the one that just picks and chooses what they want to believe to put it into their life to fit their ungodly lifestyle? Are you the perverse listener, the one that turns it around to fit what you want? Are you that prepared listener, the one that comes in and that are taking notes, not to just look pretty, but are taking notes to institute the word of God in your life so that it can change for the better? Which listener are you? Man, that'll preach. Oh, my goodness. I tell you what. But that thing got in, and it was like an anchor that went down. And I raised my hand, and I said, what must I do to be saved? I need to know what this is. I didn't know what was happening on the inside of me, but something was happening because that teacher, Jesus, came and said, pay attention. Listen to what I'm saying. This is for your life. This is for your life. What type of listener are we? We are that prepared listener. The one that just won't leave here and say, that was just a good word. But one that will put it down on the inside. One that will get in those scriptures and say, man, let me go see if that guy said this was right. Let me see if this story was like he said it. One that will take the time and give God some glory and some time in the mornings. Amen? Amen. He said, if you seek me early, you will find me. Mark chapter 5. He talked about. The parable of the sower, but he also talked about the mustard seed. 
There's a parable about the mustard seed. And he said that this is the smallest seed amongst herbs. But when it goes down into the ground, what it does is it grows up bigger than any of the herbs. It shoots out branches, and then it has what is called shade for the birds. God gave me a revelation on this mustard seed. What is this mustard seed? See, it's easy for me to get up here and to give you some principles, give you the one, two, threes, the ABCs of how to live life, and you go try to institute that stuff, and it's almost like a square <laughs> in a round hole trying to put it in there because you don't know. But Jesus spoke in what? Parables. Why? Because stories go down deep. You're hearing stuff that I might not even be saying, but because of where you are in your life, something is springing out. So that mustard seed, it has to be planted in the heart so that when you hear things, they come out. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Now you get the principles. Now you get the points. Now you understand it. Why? Because Jesus used parables to make this thing so. So that mustard seed. So here's a story right here that I want to talk about. And it's the one about Jesus says, hey, let's go to the other side. He was at this lake. He said, let's go to the other side. And while, he, tell him, while he's in the boat, the winds rolled up. The winds were beating against that boat. And where was he at? Down, sleeping on a pillow. He was knocked out. I tell you what. And they woke him up. Lord, do you care? Do you, no, they said, Master, do you care? I think that's what they said. Master, do you care that we are perishing? They said, Teacher, do you care? It wasn't Lord, it was Teacher, do you care that we're perishing? Jesus cares. Jesus cares. He woke up, he rebuked the waves, and then he went to this land over here, and he says in Mark chapter 5, then they came to the other side. <clears throat> of the sea to the country of the Gadarenes. And when he had come out of the boat, immediately there met him one out of the tombs with an unclean spirit who had his dwellings amongst the tombs and no one could bind him, not even with chains. They're trying to bind the devil. I see it. Because he often had been bound with shackles and chains, the chains had been plucked apart by him and his shackles broken in pieces. Neither could anyone tame him why are you trying to tame the devil? I tell you, let the Lord have that. <laughs> oh, y'all caught that, huh? Let the Lord tame that joker. Here we go. And always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying out and cutting himself. Oh, my goodness. This man was in the tombs, crying out, Help! I need you. Somebody help. He and he's cutting himself. He want to end it all. Oh, my goodness. He's crying out and he's cutting himself with stones. And when he saw Jesus from afar off, he ran and worshipped him. And he cried out with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with you, Jesus, son of the most high God? I implore you by God that you do not torment me. This bold demon, what you talking, imploring him by God? For he said to him, Come out of the man, you unclean spirit. And he asked him, What is your name? And he said, My name is Legion, for we are many. Here we have this man, he's in the tombs, and Jesus hears this cry from the other side of the sea. He says, we got to go over here. This man is crying out, he's cutting himself, and he gets over there to the other side. And when he gets there, this man runs up and he worships him, but he's filled with demons. How many of us, our minds are all over the place, we can't be at peace. Something is going on on the inside of us. And Jesus says, come out of the man. And when this man gets healed... And when he gets delivered, and when he gets set free, he wants to go and be with the Lord who had just delivered him. He wants to be with him. Let me go with you. Let me be with you. And he says, no, go and tell your friends. Go tell your friends about it. See, we sung a song this morning about the testimony. I'm going to tell it. He said, go tell your friends. But not only did he just go tell his friends, the Bible says that he told the, the copolis which means 10 cities. He was so excited about what Jesus did. He told the word to 10 cities. I notice it's so because they, they shoot him off of the land. They said, Jesus, you got to leave my coast. 
because he had cast those demons into some pigs. This was their livelihood. And those pigs ran off a cliff. And they all killed themselves. And they was afraid. And he was like, Jesus, you got to go. But the Bible says when he came back, that the multitudes recognized him. And they saw him. And they started bringing the lame and the sick to him and said, hey, this is the guy who did it. The guy told his testimony. He told his story. He told about how Jesus had saved him, delivered him, and made him free. I'm asking you today, will you tell your testimony? Who's on the other side waiting on your testimony? See, because without this testimony, there will be no Jairus. Jairus was the king. He was, a, he was the ruler of the synagogue whose daughter was at the point of death. And he sought Jesus and said, come and heal my daughter. If there was no testimony, there will be no woman with the issue of blood. The one that ran up and touched the hem of his garment because of the testimony. I wonder what would happen if the people of God would just tell their testimony. Will the multitudes come out when they hear your testimony? How God delivered me, how he set me free, how he saved me. Will you testify of the Lord? He's done something for you. I know he has. Don't sit here and look at me like he ain't done nothing for you. He's done something for you. And people are on the other side waiting on your testimony. The Bible says what? They overcame by the blood of the lamb and what? The word of their testimony. Will you testify? See, if I was in a Baptist church, boy, they'd be to tow this place up. <laughs> I'm just letting you know. Will you testify? Will you testify of what God has done for us? See, because God is he, he's tangible and he's unaffected by anything that goes on. He's unmovable, unshakable. He's unaffected by it. He looks at it and he call it what it is and he cast it out if you need to cast it out. He just look at you and you get healed. He touch you. He's unaffected. He knows how to move. He's our teacher. He's our te- Are y'all getting something out of this? He's our teacher. I'm trying to get you to stuck because I forgot the first service. But anyway, he's our teacher. Amen. I'm going to tell you about a guy who did not testify. And you can read it for yourself, but he's in John chapter 5. The Bible says that there was this pool called Bethesda, and they had five porches. And there was a man who, was, who was, had an infirmity for 38 years. And the Bible says when Jesus saw him lie, See, I just stopped right there. When he saw him lying, he lying. He lying. Because Jesus said, will you be healed? He said, I have no man to put me in the water when the angel comes. Wait a minute. I read another scripture where it says they bring the lame. They bring them over to the gate to ask for alms of the poor. You, all you have to do is ask the God to put you in the water. So something going on here. Jesus said, will you be healed? And then he didn't even ask that. He didn't even answer Jesus. He's like, I have no man to put me in. It's either yes or no. Do you want to be healed? Yes or no? I don't need your excuses. <laughs> I don't need what you can't do. I just want to know if you will receive what I got here to give to you. I'm talking about the Lord. And what happened was Jesus told him to take up his bed and walk. And when he did it, he ran into those uh, Pharisees. He ran into the, the temple uh, leaders. And they said, who made you to take that bed and walk? And he didn't know what Jesus was. The thing is, when Jesus healed people, either they wanted to follow him, either they was worshiping, leaping, and praising the Lord, either they was giving their testimony. This guy did not give his testimony. I just wonder, when the Lord heals you, when he draws you out, will you give a testimony? See, with this guy, he went and ran. As soon as he found out that this is Jesus, he ran to the Pharisees and was like, hey, it was Jesus. And then at that time, they began to persecute him. Why is that? He was more afraid of the religious leaders than telling the testimony of what Jesus did to him. That's something else. I wonder why he was in that state for 38 years. It's because he didn't know that he was supposed to give this testimony or he wasn't. I don't know. All I'm saying is when Jesus delivers you, give a testimony. Give praise unto our life-changing king. One last person I want you to see real quick. Y'all got time for this? 
Amen. Acts chapter, Acts chapter 7. Acts chapter 7. <clears throat> There's the first martyr. His name is Stephen. 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 <laughs> Amen. <laughs> and he begins to, they, they, they're mad at him. They're disputing with him. And he begins to just talk about from the history all the way up until where they are. And he begins to run it down on who Jesus is. And when he runs it down on who Jesus is, he gets to this point where he says that you are the stiff-necked people who killed our Lord and Savior. You destroyed him. See, one of the things about a teacher is that when they teach a message or they teach you in class, the one thing that they want to know is, did you get it? Did you understand what was being taught? Would you agree with that? Here is Stephen. This is something that he said that I always wondered what was going on here. Uh, Acts chapter 7, verse 54. And when they heard these things, they were cut to the heart, and they gnashed at him with their teeth. And being full of the Holy Spirit, he gazed up to heaven and saw glory, the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. He's standing. All the other scripture says that he's sitting. Why did Jesus stand? I believe in my heart that Jesus stood because he said, that's my boy. He got it. He knew why I came here. He understood the revelation of my life. He got it. He understood that I was teaching him for compassion. He got it. He understood that I have mercy even on those who are throwing stones to kill me. He got it. That's my boy. That's my son right there. He's standing at the right hand of the father saying he gave a testimony with his life because he got the word that I was saying unto him. Will you give a testimony of what Jesus is saying? Will you give a testimony of what he's done on the inside of you? Will you tell of his goodness or will you sit here with your arms folded and crossed up saying, I'm not going to say anything about the Lord? No, it's time for us to give our testimony because on the other side, people need it. This world is getting darker and darker by the day and and it's getting darker because we're not telling our testimony. We got to get the word out even more, even more now. I won't be a quiet about it. Ain't no rock going to cry out for me. I tell you what, I'm like this too. If I hear your testimony, it's pretty good. You best believe I'm going to say something. I'm going to tell somebody else about your testimony. I'm going to take it and I'm going to go run with it like it's mine. They got delivered. Who, what, what chair is it? Promotion three times. I'm going to tell your testimony three times in two months. Look at here. How you get promoted three times in two months? That's a testimony. There's some healing going on in the house. I'm going to tell your testimony. Let, yeah, you can be quiet and hear all you want. All I'm going to say is I'm going to tell a testimony of our Lord and Savior because he saved me. He brought me up. He delivered me. Oh, come on. Hallelujah. The world needs to hear your testimony. The world needs to hear your testimony. There's some Jairuses waiting on you. There's some rulers who've been sitting in the synagogue waiting on you. There's some women with issues of blood waiting on your testimony. They're waiting. Will you open up your mouth and begin to magnify and worship the Lord. Tell your testimony. Don't keep it to yourself. Let it out. The world needs to hear it, and they need to hear it today. We're standing all over the place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We bless you, Lord. This is what we do every week. We tell the testimony of Jesus. We tell the testimony of Jesus. See, I like to call it Jesus' Dracula speech. Eat of my flesh and drink of my blood. And when he said that, many people left him and said, this is too hard. But he looked at his disciples and he said, are you going to go too? And they said, you have the words of life. He was their teacher. But just like Peter in that boat, he became their Lord. Lord, I will follow you. You are my shepherd. You are my Lord. And I will tell the testimony of who you are. We're going to receive his blood and his body. If you would just exit out on the left side there of your 
is patient. Jesus is observant. He serves. He's tangible. He's unaffected, unmovable, unshakable. He's relatable. He's reliable. He's also engaging. He's engaging. He wants to be a part of who we are. And if you list out that acronym, it's posture. How we posture ourselves when we hear the teacher. We have a posture that is, Lord, I am here and I want to follow you because you have done so much for me. Posture your heart when you're reading the word. Posture your heart when you have the bread and you, you have this testimony before us. We posture our heart to receive what he has given unto us. He loves us. He loves us. On the night that he was betrayed, he took the bread and he broke it and said, this is my body. Ah, it's my body. Break the bread. Receive his testimony. The testimony of his body for you. For you. He died for us. That we can have a testimony to live in a newness of life. If you would take the bread. covered in the blood. It's a reminder reminder to let us know that we're covered in the blood. If we messed up yesterday, we're covered in the blood. If we messed up five minutes ago, we're covered in the blood. If we're sick, we're covered. If we have lack, insufficiency, we're still covered in his blood. So we do this as a sign and a symbol to say we're covered in the blood of Jesus shed for us. Do this in remembrance of Jesus. May take the our teacher he's our teacher will you tell your testimony this week I bet if I I dare you I'm going to go and put the dare out I dare you tell your testimony to somebody I guarantee you they will break the matrix of this door open or any church out there and want to know more about who he is if you would just simply tell your testimony Father we just thank you we thank you dear Lord for the word of God that has gone forth I ask the Lord that it will go down like an anchor and tether to Jesus, Father. God, may you be our Lord and our Savior. May you lead us and guide us and instruct us. May you, Lord God, remind us of the testimonies that you have given us throughout our lives that we can go out and shout it unto the land, God, that others may see you and come and say, what must I do to be saved? Others may see what must I do to get to know Jesus more. So, Father, I'm asking that everyone under the sound of my voice, God, that you rehearse what you have done for them, that we will receive a newness of life, a new joy, a new excitement, a new praise upon our lips and our heart, God. And Lord God, we just thank you that we will testify of who you are. We'll testify of what you're doing. And God, it's all in Jesus' name that we pray. Somebody say amen. 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 Hallelujah. Come on, give my Hallelujah. the fact that God has insight into your industry. I mean, these guys were fishermen, and that's that's essentially what Sidron was saying, is that there's, there's no such things as just spiritual truths over here, because everything is spiritual. Right. Everything. And that the principles of the kingdom apply to every area of our lives, from parenting to our marriages, to how to make our hands fruitful, 
business owners, for those of you who are students, God has insights into your industry to help you bring the fruitfulness of the kingdom into your life, and it will overflow into the people that you're connected to. So today, as I send you out under the grace and the power of the Holy Spirit, I want to pray that the Lord would bless the work of your hands by teaching you and giving you insight into your industry. So now in the name of Jesus, I pray, God, that you would not just enter into our boat. Lord, I pray that you would make your voice clear to every single one of us, that you would show us the secrets and the mysteries to everything that we do. Lord, show us how to organize our homes and show us how to manage our schedules and show us how to steward our resources. Show us, oh God, how to even manage our time, the time that we wake up in the morning and how we, how we structure our days. God, I pray that you would give us insight into leadership and into administration, into solving problems. Lord, I pray for creative solutions to things Lord, that will unlock productivity, that will unlock fruitfulness in each and every area that we are putting our hands to. And Lord, I pray that it would be a witness of the greatness and the goodness of our God. And Lord, that people would be drawn to the light of our leadership. They would be drawn to the light of God inside of us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Friends, as you're sent out of this place, I want you to think about this. There's someone that you know that needs an invitation and that one simple invitation into community, into the service, into hearing the gospel, into a church might be the very thing that changes their entire lives. So don't underestimate the power of your invitation. May the Lord bless you guys and keep you as you go into the world in Jesus name. Amen. Amen.